Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There is something extra special about a business that joins forces with a nonprofit to support children in our community, especially those in the foster care system. And that's exactly what's happening on June 21st when Mike Sipe Productions presents the Spin for a Cause Spin to Win DJ Battle Benefiting Kids in Distress. And to tell us about what will be happening and how this partnership developed, I'm very happy to welcome the president, CEO of Kids in Distress, Mark Doogie. How are you? Thank you so much for having us, Ellen. It's been way too long since we've spoken. Glad you're here. And the founder of Mike Sipe Productions, Mike Sipe himself. Welcome. Thank you, Ellen. Greatly appreciate it. All right, Mark, let's start with you. Can you give our listeners an overview of the work that Kids in Distress does for young people in the foster care system in South Florida? Absolutely, Ellen. You know, our mission at Kids in Distress is to prevent child abuse, preserve the family, and provide treatment to children who have been impacted by the trauma of foster care and abuse and neglect. Kids in Distress has been in the South Florida community for 44 years, and along with our affiliate, Family Central, we impact over 20,000 kids throughout the South Florida region. And we do that through a continuum of services. You know, that's really what sets us apart from a lot of other nonprofits, is that we impact families at birth through our maternal health programs, through educational programs, through family strengthening programs, kinship programs, all the way through foster care and adoption. As a matter of fact, we're the largest licensing entity of foster care homes in Broward and Palm Beach counties with about 200 foster homes licensed at any given time. And you actually do the training for families that want to take in foster children, right? Yes, we do. We do a significant training for those families initially. We do all the background screening, all the vetting of families. And then most importantly is that we have a tremendous support system for those families once they take a child into their home. Now, what is the situation right now with the number of kids that are in foster care versus the number of families available to either take them in or adopt, ideally, if you can't reunite the children with their birth family? You know, Ellen, that's a great question because over the last four to five years, there's been a very significant reduction in the number of kids in foster care throughout South Florida as well as throughout the country due to some federal legislation that really stresses the importance of keeping kids with their families through family preservation programs, which we provide. But that being said, you know, we still have close to 400,000 foster kids that are in care throughout the country. And in Broward County alone, we have about 1,300 children. Even with that reduction, we still need foster homes, especially for teenagers. You know, it's very difficult to find a teen, a foster home. And so those kids end up in a lot of group care programs or programs outside of Broward County away from their families. So we're constantly recruiting. We lose foster parents every single year because we facilitate about 25 to 30 adoptions every single year of children that are placed in our foster homes. And those families usually do not foster because they want to stabilize the kids that are in their home that they have adopted. So we're constantly recruiting. We need to have, you know, 50 to 60 new families per year that we license in order to keep the number of families based on the number of children that come into care. So how would someone contact you to find out when you're starting training for new foster parents 
and what the background checks are. Just what, what do they have to go through? How do they reach you to put themselves up for being a foster parent? The best way, Ellen, is to go to our website at www.kidinc.org. And right at the front page, there's a link to our foster care program that shows that we have uh, what we call FAQ. We call them fact nights every 60 days or so. And during that fact night, we have prospective foster parents that come in. All their questions can be answered. We actually have current foster parents that come to that event in order to share their experience with folks who want to be a foster parent. From there, if foster parents are still interested, then they're put into an eight-week class. It's sort of the initial training that foster parents have to go through in order to become licensed. And then they go through the licensing process. As you stated, you know, there's a very significant level two background screening that is required of all foster parents, a vetting completely to ensure that we're putting children in a safe home. And then really, you know, after that training and after that background check, then they're placed on a list of an available home. If a child comes into the system that matches their profile, you know, we always make sure that families that come in have a profile based on who they would like to have in their home as a child. It might be a child birth to five. It might be a teenager. It might be an infant. But we want to make sure that the match is successful, you know, at the very beginning, because one of the most important aspects of foster care is that once a child is placed in a family's home, the family is expected to treat that child as though that child is their own and to not give up on that child and make sure that child is stable until what we call permanency occurs. The goal of foster care is always reunification. You know, that being said, kids can reach permanency through reunification with their birth families, placement with a relative caregiver, or through adoption. And usually that adoption is with the foster parent that they've been placed with. And I imagine this has to be a really difficult process for kids as they're either waiting to be reunited, waiting for a foster parent or an adoption, or occasionally being shuffled from one home to another. Mike, I'm curious, what is it about kids in distress and foster care that speaks to you and makes you want to give your time and your energy to the organization? Well, thanks, Ellen, for the question. I mean, I'll just take you back probably close to 30 years ago. Um, my office staff had come to me. We've always been a very philanthropic company and always donated. And one of my employees actually came to me one day and said, Mike, you know, we're all over the place. Couldn't we do better by maybe selecting and dedicating ourselves to one nonprofit organization? And so I thought it was a brilliant idea. I gave my office staff of 14 two weeks to come up with three different charities and we'd have a meeting on it. And so we met on it and we went around the room and there was this theme. I couldn't believe it. Every one of my staff members were interested in kids in distress, all youth-driven organizations, Boys and Girls Club, and so many others. And I looked around the room. I said, why is it you're all talking about children's? No one said anything about Alzheimer's or anything like that. And they all said the same thing. They said, if we can help a child, that child can grow to help others. Right. And I thought it was just brilliant. I mean, these people woke me up. And so we set aside a day. We had eight interviews. The first interview was Kids in Distress. They came in, uh, Cheryl Wilson was there at the time, came in and delivered a presentation. Within 20 minutes, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Oh, yeah. So we, <laughs> it was just <laughs> unbelievable, the stories. And so we canceled all the appointments. We dedicated ourselves to Kid. I actually reached out to Kids in Distress. We started off with donating money. Then I was asked to be on the advisory council within two to three years. 
I was invited to be on the board of directors, and it's really close to our heart. Um, like I said, for 30 years, we've been dedicating all of the events and doing things pro bono for kids in distress. And the spin for a cause is something that was developed three years ago, and we're very, very, very excited about it. This is our third year. The first two were lead-ins. We Probably the largest signature event that Kids in Distress provides is called the Duck Fest Derby. We right. dump about 40,000 ducks <laughs> in the New River, and the winners get a car and all kinds of things, which is incredible. So the first two years, the DJ battle was dedicated as a lead-in to the Duck Fest Derby. And then last year, I was approached after our second one and said, hey, Mike, we really think this could be its own event. It was exciting. It was fun. Everybody really enjoyed it. So we're really excited. This is going to be our biggest and best. Thanks to you, Ellen, and the stations and Cox Media. We're really, really excited about it. Well, thank you for that compliment, but also to you, because I understand everything that you've put together is being donated. So 100% of proceeds are going to kids in distress. And this includes the partner venue called The Venue Fort Lauderdale, Brett Tenenbaum, the owner, and he's donating the space. You've got food donated, open bar donated, entertainment, the hip hop. You tell us what the lineup's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett Tannenbaum is a very good friend of mine and a very good friend of Kids in Distress. He hosts a lot of events throughout the year for them. And when I approached him on this, he's just one of those guys that loves dedicating himself to bettering other people's lives. And he and I have a lot of the same symmetry in that regard. So he and I decided we each put $1,000 cash up to the winner of the DJ contest. And then first, second, and third place will also receive uh, some sponsored goodies that DJs, only DJs will love. So we're really, really excited about that. Brett and his staff are donating all the food and beverage. And it's just, you know, when you can have a community come together and donate 100% of all proceeds, it will all benefit kids in distress. There's no better way of doing it. And uh, we're really, really excited about this year and all the people that are coming together. You know, it takes a village, and this village is a really strong one. So, you know, we're in the, a different industry. We're in the nightclub, DJ industry, the radio industry, and not a lot of times do we touch in those areas, but there are also people that like to give and really appreciate being appreciated as well. So we're, we're very excited about it. I want to clarify, in case anyone doesn't realize, there's a big difference between being a radio DJ and being a nightclub DJ. And that's where the spin battle comes in. This is a far <laughs> cry from the old days when someone used to come out with a couple of turntables and some records. These club DJs, they're famous on their own for making records right. now. And you've got yeah. some of the best of the best participating in this competition so how does someone get tickets for this incredibly exciting event with the open bar and the food and the entertainment and the spin battle and some of Cox Media Group's on-air personalities, Mike Cruz, Martika Lopez, and Brittany Brave, all as celebrity judges for the event? How do you get tickets? I love that. Thank you for those incredible celebrity entertainers as our judges. I think it's going to add a lot of fun to the evening. But people can purchase tickets by simply going to kidinc.org. And when you open that page up, there's a pop-up. Yep. And that pop-up basically is real simple. You click the link. It's spin for a cause DJ battle. You click on the purchase tickets. It's very, very easy. Okay. Mark, how does this funding make a difference in how you can serve the children and families in our community. 
Alan, I was actually going to interrupt you so that I could answer that question on my own. Because the reality is, is that we could simply not fulfill our mission at Kids in Distress. You know, we impact over 20,000 kids through South Florida every year. And corporate partnerships like we have with MightSight Entertainment, with the venue, we just couldn't impact the number of kids that we do without that assistance. And here's the reason why is because we have government contracts, of course, funded most of our programs, but government pays for bare bones. We like to call that adequacy. And in our organization, we believe in excellence. You know, we're not going to go with just the bare bones or just the adequate services for kids. We want our kids to experience the same type of activities, the same type of service, the same type of intervention that a millionaire you know, could afford or that anybody in our society could afford. And so whether it's one of our group homes, whether it's our maternal health programs, you know, whether it's the intervention that we do when we help all preschools throughout the area, we believe in excellence. And the funding from these type of events, the funding that we receive from corporate partners like Mike and his team, you know, that enables us to provide that level of excellence that few other organizations are able to do that. You know, here's the thing is that Mike has been a partner with us for over 30 years, and it's not only spin for a cause. You know, he donates and has entertainment and talent out at every single one of the events that we hold. And those are dollars that we don't have to spend, and we can inject those dollars directly into programs that impact kids. And, you know, heroes like Mike and his team and Brett and his team at the venue, you know, they make our mission spin a lot faster than it would if we were not able to get those funds. I love how you point out that the kids should have the same care and treatment as people who have millions of dollars. That equity is something we don't find everywhere, particularly these days. And you're putting a focus on that and making it a really important issue, I'm sure makes a huge difference in the lives of these young people and how they move on towards success later in their life. Absolutely. So, Ellen, let me give you a very, very brief example of that excellence is that we have an educational program in a preschool. We have about 200 kids that are on our campus every single day. And we had a section of our playground that was like a grassy knoll, right? And that grassy knoll for years, we could not keep it nice. The kids would get dirty and dusty. Um, But just last month, we were able to spend a considerable money to actually turf this area on our playground. And now our kids are out there and they're thinking that they're at the Super Bowl, right? They're like, oh, (laughs) artificial turf. We're playing football and everything else. But, you know, that changes the game for our kids. It gives them dignity and respect and motivation to really dream to become something that they might not otherwise have been able to do. And that's what it's all about. I love it. I hope that we have things like that for kids wherever they are. You set a fine, fine example of excellence for those who are in difficult situations and those who are not. Thank you for that. So again, June 21st, it's a Wednesday night, 5.30 to 9.30. You want to keep this open. You can find info about the Spin for a Cause DJ Spin Battle at kidinc.org, which is where you'll also find all the info about kids in distress. And if you're interested in becoming a foster parent or adopting, same place, kidinc.org. Mark Doogie, President CEO of Kids in Distress and Mike Sipe, founder of Mike Sipe Productions, board member for Kids in Distress. Thank you both so much for what you're doing to help the kids in our community. Thank you so much, Ellen. You are also a true hero of our community. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. You definitely are. For our next segment of Community Focus, I am always happy to welcome Andrea Ivory, breast cancer survivor and founder of the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. 
They have, for years, been working in the Tri-County area to literally save lives by making services available to those who have barriers to getting mammograms and heart screenings. Andrea, thank you for joining us again today. Ellen, thank you so very much for having me. So we're almost at National Pink Day again. I can't believe it's been a year since National Pink Day last year for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness when you brought the mobile mammogram vans to Fresco Imas and Hialeah and I got my mammogram and everything was clear. Thank you for that. And this is what you're doing again, available to the public. What do you have planned for National Pink Day this year? We are so excited to share with your listening audience that National Pink Day is coming up and we are shifting the focus of disease prevention and early detection, specifically as it relates to breast cancer. Not just in October, but our summer breast cancer awareness campaign is going to be a live and virtual event. We will be hosting free mammograms, free screening mammograms at Fresco Emas and Hialeah, along with our hospital partner, Jackson Health System, who will be providing free hypertension, glucose, and cholesterol screenings. And then also Macy's is partnered with us. And again, we will have gift cards for every person who completes a screening. And then we also have drawings, fragrance baskets for those who will come out and join us and participate and complete their screenings. More than ever, that support means so much. So we want to thank all of our collaborating partners for joining us in this effort to bring disease prevention and early detection where people work in the neighborhood. And that's really the key thing. I remember last year, you were full up. I mean, one of the things that we really wanted to get across to people was that they needed to make an appointment. You have to have an advance reservation to get the mammogram. First of all, you have to do intake, right? You have questions that you need to ask. This is correct. We admonish all of your listening audience, if they're interested in participating in the live event, to call us at 305 825-4081 to schedule your mammogram and heart screenings because it's really important that we engage you in the intake process to ensure that you are eligible to participate by having these screenings. I understand eligibility has to go by the government, got, like they recommend the government 40 years and up for screening mammograms. That is correct. For women starting at age 40, it is recommended that you have a screening mammogram if you choose to do so. And so we want to make sure that your listening audience makes the right choice. If you have absolutely no symptoms, your breast cancer can be detected at a stage early enough where you have a 98% chance of complete recovery. So we ask that people call us in advance to make their appointments. We're happy to have this event. We're happy to have everyone come out and participate in disease prevention and early detection. Yeah, that is really the key. I mean, we've talked with some of the doctors that you work with at your partner hospitals in the cancer centers. And I remember they all talk about the importance of early detection when it comes to surviving breast cancer or any kind of disease, really. The early detection is the key to survival, to controlling something. If it's heart disease, you know, they can then do more to help you recover, go into remission, 
completely be cured or at least manage whatever condition you may have. But again, if you don't know you have something, there's no way to take care of it. The leading cause of death in both men and women is heart disease, and they are largely preventable. The second cause of death, largely preventable, also is cancer. And for us, we focus on breast cancer because we know that early detection is the key to transforming and saving lives. Now, especially if someone has a history of breast cancer in their family, if you have a sibling who has had breast cancer or your mother, those are factors that would give you even more purpose in making sure that you've gotten your screening mammogram because that does increase your risk. Is that correct? It does increase your risk, Ellen, but also very important to know that most breast cancers, when detected, have no family history attributed to the diagnosis. So don't think for one minute, oh, it's not in my family. It does not apply to me. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no roadmap. So right. the key is, is to detect it as early as possible. And yes, by all means, if you have a family history, your chances of being diagnosed with breast cancer increase. Okay. And again, you know, when you talk about the prevention, there are some things that you can do to help prevent cancer or heart disease. You know, it comes down to what you eat, how much you exercise, getting enough sleep, all of the same things that they tell you for pretty much every disease. It's the same preventive behaviors. And you know, education is key and knowledge is power. It is so important that not only your listening audience, but everyone needs to know and knows how to lead a disease deterrent lifestyle. Super important. Okay, so that's one of my favorite things about what you do on National Pink Day, which is on June 23rd. It's always June 23rd. You have these packets that are so beautifully made up with information, you know, little kits that you can open up and, okay, here are exercises you can do that you don't even have to go outside. You can do things at home. And here are some simple recipes and recommended foods to eat to help prevent diseases. And it just really makes a difference because you've broken it down into the most important things. Quit smoking. That's a no-brainer. But when you see it in writing, to remember, it makes it so simple. And everybody who comes by, whether you get a mammogram or not, can take one of those education packets because that's the other aspect of what you do at the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative is it's all about educating and creating awareness. Thank you so very much for inviting your listening audience to just stop by. If they will be so kind as to call us, we'll be happy to give them the address. And even if they can't get a mammogram, stop by and participate by getting your heart screenings, your hypertension, glucose, and cholesterol screenings. Learn your numbers. It's so important that you know your heart-healthy numbers. So we're here to serve, and we look forward to serving along with our partners. You know, we already mentioned Macy's, but I want to give a shout-out to Miami-Dade College. They're our partner as well, and they're going to light the Freedom Tower. They are. I wanted to ask you about that. I'm so excited about that. And I know they're hosting your Pink Walk again. It's a little ways down the road, September, but, you know, plant seeds so people will think about that. But, I mean, when that Freedom Tower turns pink, it is magnificent. So that'll be happening, too, on National Pink Day. Remember, this is June 23rd. We're going to be at Frescoe Moss in Hialeah. 
Cox Media Group will be out there with you. The whole thing starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, runs through 345 in the afternoon. And again, you can stop by, pick up an education packet, a mammogram you do need to call in advance to schedule. So let's give that number again. 305-825-4081. Okay. And everyone who gets their mammogram gets a Macy's gift card. Everyone who comes by can get free biometric screenings. Listen to me using biometric. <laughs> it's it's your blood pressure, blood glucose, and cholesterol. And those combined are considered biometric screenings. And everyone who comes by can get their free education kit and will be eligible to win an amazing fragrance gift basket from Macy's. So it's just going to be a marvelous day. Fresco Imas is a wonderful host. They had their own music playing and they were giving away their own prizes and awards. So it's really a fun way to educate yourself and an important way to ensure your health for your future and for your loved ones that you're there for them as long as possible. And if you can't make it to Hialeah, you can still participate in National Pink Day Summer Breast Cancer Awareness. All you have to do is go to social media and post your pink inspired photo, whether it's you, your pet, an object, and just say summer breast cancer awareness and use the hashtag WBHI Pink Day and tag us at the WBHI. We want to light social media up pink for National Pink Day for summer breast cancer awareness. So whether you're near or far, here or there, you can participate. And we ask you to join us. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to see. Some of the pictures are amazing of what people do with, you know, pink spray in their hair and the pink capes. And it's amazing how much stuff we can turn pink. And I do personally love the animals in pink. Yes, <laughs> so yes, so yes. whatever you can do, make sure you use that hashtag WBHI Pink Day at the WBHI. Use our ats too, CMG Miami at Easy 93.1 at Hits 97.3 at 99 Jams, at Hot 105. All four of our Cox Media Group radio stations are participating. And I thank you for allowing us to all be part of National Pink Day. We've been doing this for years now. And I know that you have literally saved lives from people who have come and they couldn't get a mammogram any other way, but they were able to do so at no cost on National Pink Day, June 23rd. Andrea, I mean, the impact you've made in our community is remarkable. And that is taking your own situation and turning it into something so positive. So thank you for that. And I can't wait for June 23rd, Mammogram Day. Yay. National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness, courtesy of the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. Again, the phone number 305-825-4081. We have the information on our website. Go there. Just look at our events calendar. And again, take advantage of this opportunity once a year to get your no-cost screening mammogram 3D. Thank you so much, Andrea Ivory, the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. You can always go to their website also at flbreasthealth.com. Thank you so very much for joining us. You know, summer breast cancer awareness is so important. You can make a difference. You be the difference. You be the change that you want to see. Beautiful.
Thank you. Joining us now from the YMCA, the Associate Vice President of Event Operations and Marketing, Tanjala Milton, back in the end of April, was the one-year anniversary of the newest redone building for the L.A. Lee Mizell YMCA. I wanted to get a little more in-depth with how the community has been open to the new, beautiful YMCA in the area. You know, to give you a little bit of background, the L.A. Lee Y has been in the Cistron community in Fort Lauderdale since 1944. In fact, it was the oldest YMCA in Broward County. So it was the very first one in Broward County. So that's been, what, almost 80 years or so? Uh-huh. Yeah. The YMCA has been important to this community and the old building, it was an old building. And when we had the opportunity to build this new building, we had some great partners, the city, the CRA, Commissioner Robert McKenzie was our champion. We all worked together to make this happen. And so now, of course, we have this state-of-the-art facility that has all these things to offer. So we're really proud that we have. As well you should be. The YMCA has a long, rich history in this community. You know, people that are members, our members, our program participants, our donors, our board members, our staff, they all see each other as family. So we're one big Y family. We are actually starting an affinity group called Women Know Why. And these are women who want to support the Y, you know, want to help further programming and activities and things like that that are going to help the community. So it's kind of a community service group. It is beautiful when I hear how people are engaging with you and they've, you know, opened their arms to you and you give right back. That's really what it's all about. We always say that the YMCA is the best kept secret. You know, we do a lot of things and a lot of people don't know all the things we do. Like we're the largest provider of after school programs in South Florida. The YMCA is. So people don't really know that. And mainly probably because our programs are at the schools. So they just see it as a school after school program. We are the ones that are running those programs. And, you know, as a YMCA employee, And I will tell you, I've been with the Y about 22 years now. (laughs) Um, You know, I see the impact that the YMCA makes on lives every day. You know, I've had the opportunity to share and talk to some of our members, some of the people that we've helped and, you know, just get to know their stories. I mean, a lot of them, especially I know we're trying to get past the pandemic, but especially during that time, we helped a lot of people not just with the health and wellness because we couldn't go into the facilities and things like that, but we have community health workers who also go out into the community. They provide resources to seniors. They also provide resources to families who may be needing help just finding a resource. You know, we may not provide the actual resource, but we can connect them to people because we have a lot of great partners and people that we work with who want to see the community be better and do better. So there's a lot of great stories. The work you do is just phenomenal. And we're so grateful for you being in the community. And I can't thank you enough. No, we appreciate you for, you know, taking time to help us share this story. What is the website? YMCASouthFlorida.org, all spelled out. 
Tanjala Milton, I thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to chatting with you again about more things that are happening at the Y as you go on. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you for sharing our story and getting the word out about what we're doing. We so appreciate you. I'm honored to be able to share this with our audience. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-S-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus, and have a wonderful day.